We got comic books and comics news, comics insights and reviews, comics girls and comics dudes, sipping on some freshly brewed. Cause it's comics and coffee, coffee. starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and coffee, comics and coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comics and Coffee, starting your day out the nerdy way. I am Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Nikki Alfaro. Good morning, guys. So, Nikki, uh, how was your week off? Did you see the world? Did you uh, have many adventures? <laughs> what did I do last week? I slept in. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's about it. <laughs> that's the b- best adventure of all, really. <laughs> there are definitely mornings where... Before we do this, where I'm like, oh, I gotta get ready to do something, because <laughs> I, I mean, I go to work right after we finish, right? So, um, you know, most, you know, Monday to Thursday, like that half an hour, um, this half an hour that we're doing this in is like my really like, it's, it's my me time, you know? <laughs> it's like my have my coffee, relax, maybe watch a show I'm catching up on. Maybe play a little game or something that I that I've been lagging behind on. Um, so there's always that like immature, selfish part of me that before this is like maybe I'll just not maybe we just won't do it this week. Maybe <laughs> I'll just hang out. But um, I'm happy that we're doing it. Happy that we are here. Last week, obviously, we I, I tried doing it from the car, and I think the audio came out great. The video, not so much. <laughs> the video looked pretty horrible. So hopefully this will be better for people. Um, I have a little of the coffee here. Uh, Nikki, I wanted to ask, we have a couple things to talk about, obviously. Wonder Woman's got a new costume. Superman's got a new costume. Uh, we've both been watching Powers uh, uh, on Sony's PlayStation Network. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, um, have you read anything this week from your poll that, that, you, that you've just been loving? Um, I've read Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Odinson's um, pouty, why not me attitude is quite funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else did I read? Uh, Read Spider-Gwen, writing up a review on that today. Um, Did better this this, uh, issue. Okay. Um, But on the whole, I think it would read much better... In trade. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, and then <laughs> I picked up some trades because my um, Silver Snail has Wednesday sales, and this week it was 40% off graphic novels. Mm, that's so, not bad. <laughs> yeah. So I bought um, Daredevil, the deluxe hardcover, Volume 2. Ooh, the Mark Wade stuff? Yeah. Fantastic. I'm excited to catch up with all that so I can finally move on to the San Francisco stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we actually had a listener, um, I think it was for Talking Comics, but you brought Daredevil, so you might as well bring it up, asking about kind of, um, he has read a little bit of it, you know, like some of uh, like some of the Frank Miller stuff and everything, but hasn't read in a long time, and wondering like what they should jump in on or what's good to jump in on, like, you know, the Bendis, Brubaker, um, you know, all, all that stuff uh, run, and, or the Wade run. <clears throat> and uh, I think it really depends on what your what tone you're looking for more than anything else. I think because 
Uh, Daredevil is one of those characters that I think uh, has two very specific tones that he's written in, and I think both work very, very well for him, but if you're looking more at kind of the genesis of the Frank Miller stuff, I, I think the Bendis-Brubaker stuff is is fantastic, and they're kind of seamless runs, but the problem with, and I think one of our listeners actually said this online, um, on, on our forums responding, is that you can't read Bendis' Daredevil and be like, okay, I'm going to read this volume and not this volume, because it's all really one kind of contiguous story that is not really really divided into, into trades in a way, except for the fact that it comes out in, you know, six-issue groups, but... <laughs> Um, if any of you guys really know, and we're going to talk more about Bendis later, obviously, when we're talking about Powers, but uh, he's not, re- you know, th- he'll have whole swaths of issues that aren't really, where not really a lot of plot occurs. And uh, so you have to really read it in bulk in order to get, I think, the full sense of that. Um, and the weight stuff is kind of like that, too. I don't know. What do you think, Nikki? Um, <laughs> my cousin points out um, he really can't read because there's a lot of dialogue. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> there's tons. Mm. And um, he's more hit or miss for me. I haven't actually read his Daredevil run. Um, the Mark Wade uh, Daredevil is going to be like my first mm. real um, dip into the Daredevil universe, um, which I'm excited for. Because the last time I was really into Daredevil, I was reading Ultimate Daredevil and Elektra, which oh, is bad because it's Rucka. Yeah, the Rucka stuff. Yeah. Um. So, but I've heard nothing but good things for Bendis and Brubaker. Um. I just I think at the time when it was recommended to me, I was kind of at the end of like my Batman obsession, so I was kind of looking for something different, <laughs> so I couldn't get into it. Um. But from what I've read so far, I'm in the first volume of Daredevil with Mark Wade, and it's pretty much um, it's mirroring a lot of the Marvel now, pre-Marvel now stuff, where it's it's just a different tone. And with Mark Wade, Mark Wade writing it, like I I know that you it's one of your favorite books to yes. read every month. Yeah. So like there's. Can't go wrong. <laughs> no, and I mean it's honestly it was one of the first books I when it when it premiered with Marvel. You know we look at Marvel now and <clears throat> we we see all these diverse tones and all on all these different art styles and you know there's there's silly books and there's serious books and uh and to DC a certain extent now too. But before Wade's Daredevil, Marvel was much the same as when we were complaining about the way DC was. You know for a year or so ago. Um, being uniformly dark and, and serious and all that stuff. And, you know, Daredevil was one of the only really outlier books at the time that was going for a different type of tone. And uh, a lot of the Marvel Universe has kind of shaped... I, I don't know if it specifically has done this on purpose, but a lot of the books have kind of, I think, taken its lead in a lot of ways. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, not the, to say Wade's Daredevil is silly, because it's not silly. It, it's got... It, it definitely has emotional pathos and stuff like that, but... It, it isn't uh, as down in the dumps as as Bendis and Brubaker stuff is. It isn't dark and gritty. <laughs> it is not dark and gritty. Um, <laughs> you know, Bendis and Brubaker stuff, I call it down the dumps. I don't mean to sound pejorative. Like, that stuff is great. Like, the Bendis run is amazing. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what 
a lot of what Wade is dealing with with Matt in, in this current run is a direct response to what happened in the Bendis run. <clears throat> you know, dealing with the psychological fallout of stuff that happened there in this way and in, in this one. Um, so it's great. I mean, you can also, like, the, uh, Joe Casada also did some really good stuff um, with the character in the kind of the Marvel Knights uh, era, um, along with Kevin Smith's uh, Guardian Devil is a really, really good uh, Daredevil piece as well. Um, so there's a lot of great Daredevil stuff. He's, it's interesting because he's one of those characters that is in many ways a B character, uh, but I feel like has always gotten, has kind of been uh, that character who gets, like, the A-list creator most of the time on his way up. You know what I mean? Uh, Wade's obviously a different story. Wade's been working for 20 years or plus 20 years um, and, and, and before he took the character over. But uh, there's a lot of really good Daredevil stuff. But I think if you want to just jump in and have, like, a great picture of who the character is without having to know a lot of back stuff about him, I think jumping in with the Wade stuff is probably uh, a really good move uh, for anyone who wants to do that. Uh, and I, who knows how much longer it's going to be going on. So we'll have to see about that. Uh, so, like once again, Nikki, you sent me an email last night being like, oh, um, are we going to... Uh, are, I was worried that we'd have no news to talk about because we <laughs> talked about so much on, on the main podcast. And then yesterday, uh, DC premiered two new costumes for one for Superman and one for Wonder Woman. Um, and it was interesting because the announcement came, I feel like, amongst other announcements, so there wasn't nearly the amount of reaction that I expected there to be uh, online, because I, I, I follow uh, HitFix premiered it, and I follow them on Twitter, and I saw it, and I was like, whoa. So I immediately refreshed my Twitter and went to look at the what I thought would be the litany of, like, <laughs> you know, hate or love or hate for the people who love it or love, you know, hate for the people who hate it, whatever it might be, and it seemed, like, pretty quiet, uh... There definitely were, you know, blips and boops there for going on, but they also announced it right around when the Star Wars news happened, um, when they announced, like, the release dates for the Star Wars movies. Um, so a lot of that took over the feed. And, uh, of course, um, the, the the sad passing of Terry Pratchett uh, happened yesterday as well. Um, so I don't really know what most mostly anybody thinks about it. Uh, Sandiki, what did you think about the two new costume uh, premieres? I think I think we're at like for Superman especially new costume fatigue <laughs> like event fatigue mm. um, I it's it's kind of funny because with with Superman's it's kind of dialed back to Connor Kent's muscle tee and jean style and then with with Wonder Woman Wonder Woman I feel like there's too much going on mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also, the crotch flaps. <laughs> I don't quite understand. <laughs> mm. yeah, it looks like, honestly, what it looks like to me is it looks like she is wearing her old costume, but they've kind of put a bunch of stuff underneath it. You know? <laughs> like, the crotch flap feels like a, like a holdover from when she had no pants on. You know? <laughs> Um, and now she has pants on, so I don't know quite... And again, we haven't seen any context of any story or how it's going to come about, so we don't know, but I agree with you. It, it just... The the one Roman thing, like, I like the idea of it, right? I like the idea that they've covered her up, and I, I think a lot of what this is is to... 
it's funny because David Finch designed it, but it, it's to um, artist-proof the character in some ways. You know, because Wonder Woman's costume drawn by the right person is not... It, it's not over-sexualized and it's not exploitive, right? But it, it's very easy to exploit because she's wearing basically nothing for, you know, in her traditional costume. Uh, and this makes it so it's very, very difficult to exploit the character in any way physically. Um, you know, there's f- literally f- a flap covering her butt, so it's tough to it's it's tough to over-accentualize those things, uh, over-accentuate those things. I don't want to make up words. Um, so, but yeah, so you think it's too busy as well, uh, Nikki? Yeah, there's just too much going on. Um, I think Steph pointed it out in her tweets yesterday with leggings and knee-high boots. Uh, I'm not big on fashion, but even I know that's like a no-no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I I think that it is probably a fashion no-no. I don't know how much I think one woman should care about like her like her red carpet rating, you know, um, <laughs> as far as that goes. <clears throat> I don't know why, you know, she'd have knee-high boots on, um, uh, you know, over leggings. I don't I don't know. Uh, but the, the part that... The, the collar is a little bit weird to me, is one of the things that's weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the kind of... I don't know, it's like almost like... I don't know, it's almost like Captain America, like, shoulder pad thing that she's got going on. As well, um, I think are odd, and I don't, I don't get like the Assassin's Creed uh, yeah. blades that are coming out of her hands. Um, it just doesn't seem like a a thing that one woman would need um, to fight. She's not really like a uh, you know a damage dealer. You know, she doesn't really go in there quick and and uh, you know do a lot of quick strikes with her. She's not Wolverine, so I don't I don't know about why those are there. Again, we don't know because there, there's no story to accompany this. Obviously, we don't know like what the context is in in the manner of the books. But uh, the Wonder Woman costume, I like the idea of it, uh, but not initially the execution of it. Um, is there anything you do like about it, Nikki? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> right. Um, I guess her her chest area <laughs> torso design isn't so bad. No, no, not at all. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like looking. I'm looking at it on my screen right now, and it's like that stuff. I think is um, is fine, and I I think that it's a costume that I think has potential. You know that that could be tweaked and altered as we go along um, to improve it. And certain other artists get their hands on it. I think stuff will happen. Uh, I, I certainly think it's most likely a step in the right direction. I'm, you know, I know that people, you know, people are precious about the costumes that their characters wear. And you know, right now we're in this kind of. Um, I guess era of functionality, I guess, is something that uh, that I would call it. You see Batgirl's redesign, Spider-Woman's redesign, um, this to some extent, where we're really much moving towards, like, and obviously the Wonder Woman's a little different because I don't see a lot, ton of practicality in what's <laughs> happening in her costume. 
but I, I think that it is a measure to kind of be in line with some of those other things. And um, I think that people who are worried about losing those other costumes, eventually they'll be back. Eventually the, the vogue will end, of this, this, this era will end, and they'll be like, oh my god, she's in her, new cost- you know, her old costume again. Um, and it'll be a big deal. Uh, but I think that people need to not worry about that. The Superman thing, and again, um, at least Wonder Woman's costume to me is still a costume. You know, it's still something that's like over. It's it's got a little pomp and circumstance to it, uh, even if it is much more um, uh, functional. Uh, but Superman's costume, and we've seen this before. You mentioned uh, the Superboy stuff. There's also I was in Grant Morrison's uh, Action Comics stuff. When his first costume, he was wearing a t-shirt and jeans, mm-hmm. um, which makes a little more sense because it's his first costume. But to me, it, and again, we have no story to accompany this. It just seems uninspired to me. I think like, I have more of a problem with his haircut. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. He's got, like, major, like, uh, dude bro, uh, like, uh, he looks like, like every video game character ever created. Um, <laughs> you know, every Space Marine video game cre- character ever created. With a uh, tragic backstory. You know, the tragic His wife backstory. just died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> Um, so I don't know what's up with that. I like that they use like the kind of classic Superman logo, like the very, like the first, like the OG Superman logo. I yeah. think it's cool. Um, that part's cool. Uh, it's just you know, it, it, to me, like for Superman, I always want there to be a majesty to the character and uh, to, for him to inspire awe. And this obviously does not inspire awe at all. Um, like. Doesn't have a cape, which bothers me, honestly. Like I, that's uh, you know the the iconography of Superman. I, I think is one of those things that I think is important. And uh, no cape. You know now we we've gone even farther than just losing the little red trunks. Now we just have no like no costume at all really. And I don't know like it just it just doesn't. And he doesn't look like Superman to me now. Um, you know I'm I'm more than willing to sit there and. Uh, and be proven wrong, and, and to read the book when it comes out. Uh, I cannot remember the the writer's name who's taking over Superman now. Um, uh, Gene... Oh, crap. Um, he wrote The Shadow Thief, right, I, I believe? The Shadow Hero. The Shadow Hero. Shadow Hero, and he's writing the Avatar The Last Airbender continuation mm-hmm. books. Yes. Which are awesome. Yes. Um, and I'm more than willing to be proven wrong about it, but the thing is, like, he looks like Superboy to me. He doesn't look like Superman to me. Um, and who knows what post-convergence DC is going to look like, right? We don't know what this means um, and where it could be going and, and who even maybe maybe it will be, you know, Connor Kent to Superman for a little while or something. You know, who knows? But um, you know, it's so funny because it all of this talk about Wonder Woman and Superman has completely overshadowed the fact that Whoever this Batman character is is wearing a giant mech rabbit suit. Uh, um, <laughs> Robo Bat Bunny. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was talking, I was texting back and forth with uh, talking comics Justin Townsend uh, about the new costumes, and we were talking about Batman, and he was saying that he doesn't think it's Bruce. 
um, that there that there's going to be something that happens where that's not Bruce. What happens at the end of Endgame? Um, so yeah, but it, it's a crazy, crazy stuff going on with that. I mean, thank you to DC for dropping that news so that we would have something to talk about uh, in depth. Oh, and the- Renee Montoya is back in Detective Comics. Is she? That. I did not see that. Yeah, the new direction is it's uh, Harvey Bullock's uh, to focus on Harvey Bullock and his new partner Renee Montoya. That's awesome. Yeah, that's some awesome stuff. Um, and like the Bucciolato. Yeah, the Detective Comics run. Cool, mm-hmm. awesome. That's that's great. You know, I would I would have expected that in some sort of spin-off thing, but that's awesome. That's going to be actually in the mainline Detective Comics books. That's that's great. I love Renee Montoya. She's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So. Can't wait to see that. Um, but if you guys let us know what you think about the new costumes, uh, hashtag Talking Java on Twitter, or let us know. Um, the other thing that uh, powers the uh, the PlayStation series, based on the Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Avon Oming um, comic of the same name, uh, premiered this uh, past Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday? I think it was the 10th. It was the 10th. Yeah. Whatever whatever day the 10th was, that is the day that it premiered. Um, and the first three episodes went up online, and up to and then the, then the next seven will premiere week to week for the next seven weeks. Uh, and I, I haven't read... I've read one issue of Powers, and that was like the new one that came out not that long ago, so I don't know a lot about the series. Uh... I love Brian Michael Bendis, so I wanted to give it a try, and I also love the idea of a new superhero show, and I love a lot of the cast, so I decided I want to check this out. And I did, and Nikki, you watched the first episode as well. Uh, before I get to my thoughts, what did you think of it? Um, I liked it. I went into it because I've tried several times um, to read Powers, but I could never get through it because it, it was that Bendis block of, like, whoa, that's a lot of dialogue, uh, <laughs> the first issue. Um, so I went into it, and it looks nothing like the comics. Um, and I tried to, like, wiki what happens in the comics, and I realized it has almost nothing to do with what's happening in the comics, mm-hmm. at least in the first arc. Um, but just watching the show, I I liked it. I... There was something off about the chemistry with some characters, um, but on the whole, it was very, very interesting, and it hooked me. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, I know that the first arc of uh, Powers begins with the death of Retro Girl, and mm-hmm. she's a main player in the... or the, at least the investigation into Retro Girl. I don't know all the details, obviously, because I haven't mm-hmm. read it. Um but I believe the first arc is called The Death of Retro Girl or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, and she's a major player here. So um, I, I don't know exactly how it lines up, but I think it's a little bit before the, you know, the, 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 the series begins. And, you know, what I like about it is that, you know, it sets up its own world uh, and with its own set of rules. And, and there are, there's things in it that, you know, it are... No, look, Powers is a series that's been around for, I don't even know how long, 15 years now, almost 20 years. I don't, I don't know exactly how long it's been around, but it's been around for a while. It was like one of the first things Bendis, I think, did. Um, and, it, you know, the idea of superheroes at their worst 
is not a fresh one uh, anymore. I don't even know if you could have counted it as fresh then. So the idea that like these guys are heroes, but they're really jerks is something that um, I often am turned off by in the comics just because it's been done so much. But seeing it on TV and seeing this world set up where uh, we're actually, you know, we're actually seeing the heroes from the perspective of people who don't have powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it is interesting, you know, that they're kind of specters in the sky flying around, doing their thing. And to have it be told from the perspective of a character, um, the, the, the Charlotte Cop- Copley character, uh, who used to have powers and doesn't anymore, um, I, I think is a really effective way to kind of straddle both worlds. And, you know, I, I like that he's kind of a jerk. You know, he, he wants to be a good person, you can tell. Mm-hmm. But he's not quite a good person. You know, he's used to getting what he wants without having to try very hard, and it's not like that anymore. And uh, so I, I I like that stuff. I think it does a really good job uh, with setting up the bad guys of the story um, it, it, without much exposition, just kind of on sheer performance and and intonation. You you learn you 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 kind of have a sense of how powerful and, and, and scary these these characters could be. And uh, I, you've only watched the first episode, Nikki? Yeah. I, okay. I was going to start watching the second one, but it was getting to be like 1.30 in the morning, so okay. I figured if I wanted to wake up to talk about the show, I should stop. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> um, but uh, at the end of one of the episodes, we, we, we I think it's episode two? Ooh, I, uh, I'm not sure. Or it's, I don't remember what episode, because I watched them all on like, all three episodes in like a, a night, so they'll bleed into each other. But you meet you meet Retro Girl, uh, and uh, she, her character is immediately interesting, and, and and kind of you can feel the force of that character um, right away. And I, I I just like that stuff. I like when you're able to bring an actor or a character to the to, the, to into play, and there's an immediate feeling of importance without me even knowing how important the character really is in the overall fiction of things. Um, you know, I like, you know, I like the idea of superhero groupies. I like, I like this whole idea of what would our culture actually do, you know, in its cracks and crevices and in the dirty places of, of our, of our culture, how would they react to, um, superheroes being real? And I, I, I do enjoy that stuff. And I, I don't have, I think all the performances are really solid and, and I'm really engaged in what's happening in, in, in the actual narrative. Um, Again, I don't know any of how it follows the comics and how well it does, or, but I know obviously Bendis and, and Oming have a huge hand in doing it, so um, I'm assuming it's going to at least follow the spirit of stuff. And it's really made me want to check out the books a, a, as well, which is a, is a good, um, is a good uh, byproduct of watching the show. I actually really like how it was... Uh, I was expecting it to be with... It start with the murder of Retro Girl, but instead it's like the old guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that they're investigating the death. Um, so I like that change up. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and uh, I should say, uh, I forget. I, I watched so quickly. I forget like the names and stuff like that. But um, the detective's name is, is Christian Walker. Um, Diamond was a superhero name. If, if, if those out there who don't read powers, he was a power. He lost his powers. Um, and now he works for this Powers Bureau, which is th- they deal with all like the superhero crime and, and stuff like that. Um, 
So, so they have like very dangerous job <laughs> and a and thankless they, job. And they're yeah, they're a joke. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but Noah Taylor, who plays a character named Johnny Royale, um, he can like he can like teleport kind of thing, like kind of like a um, Nightcrawler type of thing. Uh, I love Noah Taylor is great. Noah Taylor was played the manager in Almost Famous, and he's a great actor. And he's immediately he's so kind of erudite and, and calm. But he does really horrible things like right away it, when you see him. That uh, this really effective, uh, complicated villain. Uh, Eddie Izzard plays one of the villains as well. Oh, which, he's creepy. He is very creepy. And you get to wait. Wait to get to the end of episode three, Nikki, because <laughs> something happens that's really crazy. Uh, uh, Michelle Forbes plays Retro Girl, and Michelle Forbes I know best from being the really, really horrible other, like the Admiral that shows up in Battlestar Galactica. She shows up with the Pegasus at one point, and she is like really horrible um, as far as like, you know, uh, what she's willing to do and stuff like that to survive. And uh, she plays Retro Girl, and, and, and she's just great. Like, she just brings such a gravitas to everything um, immediately. Uh, and, and I like how they kind of they there's haven't done much in episode one, but they start to sprinkle in the new heroes, you know, the people who you, you, you've only heard about or and new people throughout the way, and all of them are super interesting. Uh, not all of them are very nice, but all of them are super interesting. So um, I like I, it. I, I like it. I thought I would be annoyed with this um, new generation of heroes, mm. um, but I actually think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forget her name. Zora? Zora, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's got like a... What I like about it is that her design is very... It's very comic booky. You know, that, like <laughs> those like big glasses that she's wearing. But, and I like that. I like that it's... Same thing with Retro Girl. I, I like that all their costumes are kind of, you know, Silver Age to 80s looking costumes. You know, instead of making them very sleek and very modern and very new, you know. Uh, I, I, I like that they've kept kind of like those like um, almost kitschy designs. To what... And Callista looks like Wonder Girl when she first appeared, uh, Cassie. Yeah, yeah, she does. She absolutely does. Um, so uh, James Hammond is listening, um, uh, and he says... Oh, was Powers good? Us poor urchins in Great Britain can't watch it without visiting Pirate Bay. So apparently, uh, we had a bunch of people on our forum talk about this. Uh, I guess outside of North America, uh, it's not released yet, I believe. So, and I, I guess they did not do a very good job of uh, promoting it or or clarifying those things. Um, Obviously, I paid no attention to it because I'm in North America, so uh, I <laughs> I don't really pay attention to how they're marketing it overseas or w what what their availability is. But yeah, apparently it's not it's not available to people yet. Um, hopefully, you guys get to watch it soon. I don't know what the premiere date is for that. And uh, part time part time underscore powers also says the Wonder Woman armor looks like the first draft of a pretty good idea. Refine it a couple times, and you've got a winner. And I agree with you, James, for the most part on that one. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, and also, um, an hour ago, I Am Asian Batgirl said, I'm awake, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. I was, I was getting out of bed. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's going to bring us going to do it for Comics and Coffee this week. Um, you guys want to check out a cool Kickstarter, uh, The Princess Who Saved Herself by Greg Pack and Jonathan Colton is going on right now. I think it's already been funded, uh, but it looks like a pretty cool comic. Uh, they did, uh, what is it, uh, Code, Code Monkey Saves the World, I believe. They did a comic a few years ago, two years ago, I believe. Greg Pack, obviously, you don't need to introduce him to any comic book fans. Um, he, you know, he writes Storm right now. He's written The Hulk. He's writing action comics. Um, but uh, Jonathan Colton is a so- singer-songwriter um, who uh, wrote the uh, the theme song for Portal. Uh, and he also has done a lot of really great kind of... Uh, it's, it's humor music but it, and geeky music, but it's really, really good stuff. Um, so check that out. If you guys are interested, check that out because I think it looks really, really cool. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Talking Comics, Facebook.com slash Talking Comics, or you can go to TalkingComicBooks.com where you can find this show. You can download it as a podcast or and subscribe on iTunes. So if you can't w- listen live or watch the video, you can always do that. Um, I'm at Bobby Shortle on Twitter. Nikki. And I am at I am Asian Batgirl. And Nikki, this week, right, you were on Misfits? Yeah. You're on Talking Comics, and now we have <laughs> Comics and Coffee. So... <laughs> We've gotten the full breadth of the, the Talking Comics experience. Yes, um, except for Talking Games. Which, That's true. Um, Bob said it was all right because he was on <laughs> Talking Games at one point. And I think I listened to that episode too. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. that's a little bit too much podcasting. <laughs> It's a, lot of, it's a lot of podcasting. It's a lot of podcasting. All right, so I think that's going to do it for Comics and Coffee. Thank you guys so much for starting out your day the nerdy way with us, and we will see you next week. Because it's Comics and Coffee. Comics and Coffee. Starting your day out the nerdy way. Comics and Coffee. Comics and Coffee. Starting your day out the nerdy way.